Hello guys, welcome to today's episode of Dice and Magic, uh, episode 0 0.3. Um, playing with another one of our PCs, uh, a very good friend of mine, been friends for God knows how long by this point, it's great. Too long. Too long. <laughs> uh, this is Marco, you can introduce yourself. <laughs> hey everybody, I'm Marco, it's nice to meet, it's going to be nice to get to know you. Um, I guess a quick little like spit off. You were you were actually the catalyst that got me really back into playing D and D again because you bought me the um the starter the starter set and essential set for my birthday like two years ago. Mm. Well, I I wanted to play D and D with a different group of friends, and then just through I don't know hanging out, mentioned that. I was doing it, played a, a game of, I don't even know, it was one of the starter games Yeah, that you it get was, with the players. Like, the mind of, was it the Mind of Fandelvar? No. no. No, 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 it was, because I remember It's the one it was, with the green dragon on the front? Yeah, yeah, the starters kit. It was yeah, like- In the starters kit, yeah. Uh, and it was, um, we played, it was you, me and Caleb, and then it was like- It was us three, and I, I played by an NPC character because I wanted to I wanted to DM, but I also wanted to play the game. Yeah. I, like, I barely played the game. And so I was like, okay, I mean, I'm sure we butchered it, but hey, we and, had a lot of fun. Hey, Caleb smoted that with, with a mace, or he got like, he got the critical hit and like yeah. killed his wizard like four hits. It was fucking hilarious. And then we just stopped. Yeah, we just couldn't line it up. And like, we had that original group with like my other friends. Mm -hmm. Then we ended up founding this group like a whole year later when I wrote everything. And the stars align. And the stars, the like, stars align. <laughs> cool. Um, introduce. So, who are you going to be playing today? I am going to be playing Henrik Dawnbreaker. He is a dragonborn paladin. Lots of dawns. <laughs> Lots, Lots of dawns. Well, it's like I was like. Oh, you know, he's a paladin, so, you know, the light, you know? Um, so, he, he, he breaks through the dawn. He's the dawn breaker. And I thought, you know what? That's just nerdy enough where it might just work. <laughs> so, you know, fantasy name generator, you haven't failed me yet. <laughs> um, so, Henrik Dawnbreaker it is. Um... Uh, was it Paladin Dragonborn? Dragonborn. I'm a I'm a brass Dragonborn. Dragonborn. Chromatic. Chromatic dragon. Yep. Um. So I have resistances to fire, um, and a nice bronze kind of bronzy brassy kind of tinge to my skin, which is nice. Sick. Like, like are you like one of those Dragonborns that's like you're slender or like are you like built like a brick? Uh, I'm house? I'm I'm pretty buff. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty buff, I won't lie. Am I kind of channeling who I want to be into my D&D character? Yes. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm very small. Um, but no, he's he's honestly... He's the Swedish supermodel of the Dragonborn world. The Swedish he's, supermodel? He's, I'm essentially Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 80s. Um, I am... I'm 6'5", I'm I'm six, I'm six 200 pounds. That's without any armor on. I'm just... I'm a weapon. I'm a weapon on wheels. <laughs> on wheels? If wheels were invented here, which they are. <laughs> which they are. Um, I'd be a weapon on him. I'm, I'm absolutely very, very big, very, very scary looking fella. Definitely. Uh, a lovely chap, I'm sure. Alrighty. So with that, you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Alrighty. The sun overhead casts a warm and inviting glow across the rolling green fields 
surrounding the church as slowly yet surely it begins to set in the west. A vast structure pieced together by the best masons that could be mustered, this holy place will truly stand the test of time. Unnaturally smooth stones make the external walls of this building, while inside sees the floors made of beautiful golden marble with the finest white silk tapestry draping across the windows, aiding in softening the bright sunlight that creeps through. The top floor is home to the sleeping quarters of all the acolytes of the church. This is a temple of the Church of the Cresting Sun, possibly one of, if not the biggest organized religious sect within the world of Vildmore. While all religions are free to be followed within all the lands of the world, there is always one that towers above the rest. The Cresting Sun believes that the true history of all creation falls within the hands of three gods and as such, they should be given higher praise above all others. In Thrilla, the World Mother, she who gave herself to shape the earth, Geritus, the Light Father, who tore free a piece of himself to create the sun and the stars, and Steliosira, the Shadow Daughter, the shadow cast from her father's light on her mother's landscape brought her forth from the shadows, and throughout this holy sect, they are known together as the Trinity. As a light breeze flows through the field, we see a young humanoid creature walk towards the gigantic wooden double doors that serve as entrance to the church. It seems that no part of this temple is minuscule in the slightest. So give give us what you think, like young Henrik, what's young Henrik look like? Like mm. give it give us give us a description. What well would you think? he because he's not like he's he's still young and you know, young in a, in a fantasy world is, of course, um, you know, like a relative term. You know, he, he's quite old, not really, in, like in human years. So he hasn't really matured as a dragonborn yet. So his, his scales aren't really that, that colourful. You know, he doesn't really have... Um, it's more of like kind of like a matte, like a, a matte bronze. You know, he's not really... You're not shined up yet. You're mm-hmm. not shined. He's definitely yeah. not chromatic. <laughs> chromatic, You know, yeah. he's not brass. He's just like a sad bronze. Like imagine, you know, imagine coming third in the Olympics in Sydney, 2000, and then you throw that life away and then you find your medal 20 years later. <laughs> That's what colour he is. Oh, a sad man. bronze. Jeez. You know? But as he goes into maturity, hopefully soon, um, you know, he'll... he'll his scales will come through a bit more brass. Still jacked though, like still hella ripped. Oh, incredibly, incredibly <laughs> vascular. The aesthetics are just. I'm like insane. Ziz. I'm like Ziz with dragon teeth. <laughs> if you don't know who Ziz is, give him a Google. <laughs> Ziz. Alrighty, uh, Henrik. Mm. As you are just heading back towards the temple to prepare for dinner, you just finished collecting uh, leather and clothes from the laundry that has been done for the day. As you move. You're taking in the evening's events, you know, as it slowly starts to come to a close. Uh, some of the women within the church begin to round up the kids and usher them up the steps into the door. Uh, you see some of the other um, younger and the older men that are like like the masons and like the carpenters and stuff. They're packing away all their tools and putting them in like the small uh, sheds and stuff and coming inside. And as you begin to ascend the stairs to go into the church, you see that there's the, the two... Uh, Younger, younger kids are like, like sort of sweep the dust off the steps to keep it clean and stuff. Um, oh, excuse me. As you finally clear the steps, you see that uh, everyone, sort of unanimously at the same time, begins to move indoors. As you pass through the archway of the door, you feel the breeze as the draft follows you inside. 
You are greeted by the gentle yet calming glow of the torches that run along the walls. Uh, the marble floors reflecting the light, also with a silk tapestry, catching the loving glow and softly bouncing it back to you. As you move further inside the temple, uh, you eventually make your way... It breaks into like where the foyer goes in. It's like automatically straight in front. It's a bit of a longer stretch and you come in. <laughs> it makes into the way of the what they call this called the Greater Prayer Hall. Many, many pews line either side, while a beautiful yet darkened a beautiful darkened yet still golden rug cuts the room in half right at the center up to the very end. At the very end of the room stands the three stone pillars uh, bearing the three golden symbols representing the deities that you and your church. Uh, worship. Uh, as you're walking through, is there anything you're doing? Are you looking for things or are you trying to just... What do you think you do? What's going through your head right now? What's going through Henrik's head right now? Uh-huh. As, you, as, you, as you come in, and like, yes, you've seen it many times before as you live here, but like, this is a grand, mm. that's a grandiose mm. structure. Well, you know, growing, growing up in the church, it's, it's all I've ever known. So I've really revolved my life around it. Um, so every single time I walk in is the first time. You know, it's that breath of fresh air that... <sighs> this, is, this is my safe space, you know? And um, although I'm playing a paladin, you know, I'm not quite there yet. You know, I'm not... Still you know, young. I'm, right? I'm still yeah. young. Yeah. I'm, I'm essentially just a, a, a glorified altar boy slash squire. Oh, okay. squire, I'm a lord. <laughs> That's all I am. So, so I'm, I'm, as I'm walking through there, you know, down that... That, that golden trim rug. Basket um, of washing. Basket of washing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking proud, you know, like, look at me helping, you know. I'm trying to look if, if people are noticing me. Look at this good deed I'm doing, you know. Because, um, you know, although I am very proud, I also am very, you know, it's kind of a... Not a character flaw, but I'm very... I want people to notice what I'm doing. You know what? Give me... Give me uh, in... Whatever you like, investigation or insight, whatever's going to be higher for you, but give me one of them. Roll that bad boy up. Um, let me go inside. Cool. My first roll. First roll. First roll. I'm going to do it on the wooden table. On the wooden table. Why not? That is 15. As you walk through and you're taking in this, like, just this insane build like the way everything's crafted and you're you know like you said you're taking it in like this is all you've ever known and mm. every time you walk in is like the first time and you want to be accepted by your peers as you look around you're sort of like gauging people's faces you still see like some of like the mothers with like their smaller kids and stuff and even some of like the older grizzled men they're actually like while they're looking at you trying to look stealthily away you catch like one or two glances they sort of seem to still look at you with some disdain. Mm-hmm. They're like, I mean, how many dirty looks? Like you've been here your whole life, but people still treat you as an outsider because within the entire church, you're the only dragonborn. I was here. just about to say, am yeah. I the only dragonborn? You're the only now? dragonborn mm-hmm. in this ch- in this temple of the church. Dragonborns are not a hot commodity. Mm-hmm. in Vilmore as a whole because obviously their heritage is such a very particular way to come about mm-hmm. and you don't even know like where you came from you just grew up being in the church mm-hmm. so you while you try your hardest to feel like you fit in and belong and do your best to help the people that helped raise you you can't help but notice that some people still 
don't acknowledge you as such. Well, I feel like just to, just to be acknowledged as much as the next guy, I have to work twice as hard as the next guy. You know? Yeah. And to do even better than the next guy, I have to absolutely just kill it. That's true. You know? So as you continue to walk down the aisle, you know, taking in everyone's sights, uh, you actually hear a familiar voice uh, from behind you. Oh, Henrik, my boy. There you are. Uh, as you turn to look, you see Marcus comes out from behind one of the rows of seats lining the main prayer hall of the church. Older man, uh, late 50, early 60s, very clean cut. Like like he has like grizzled like five o'clock shadow beard, but it's neatly trimmed, so it looks good. Yeah. Uh, clean, tidy black hair, green eyes with a small set of circular glasses is on the edge of his nose. He wears a set of um, flowing golden yellow robes with some black filigree, mm-hmm. uh, seemingly denoting his higher ranking within the church's order. You know that a lot of the people that... He's basically like the head of this temple mm-hmm. and everyone sort of reports to him and he confers with the rest of the church everywhere yeah. else. Yeah. Um, Marcus was... <clears throat> your teacher, your friend, and your father figure. He took a shine to you as you grew up within the church, uh, trying to help you come to terms with your, your Dragonborn heritage as you slowly yet surely came of age, gone through your teenage years. Um, but yeah, he's called out to you and he's walking <laughs> towards you. I say, um, you know, I was, it's caught, caught off guard. Marcus! <laughs> um, um, is there anything I can help you with? Do you need something? I'm just I'm just bringing in the linen the linens from outside. And he he laughs and he just like puts his hand away. He's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine, my son. Did you? How did you find yourself today? Did you get all Did you get all the tasks done that you needed to get done? Um, everything. Everything's done. Um, you know, I just got to put these linens away. You know, so I got I got to make sure I get that done. He he laughs and claps his hands together and he's like. Always, always bending over backwards, you are, boy. Well, I'm just, I'm just doing my part here. <laughs> um, if you like, make an inside check. Oh, that is another fifteen. Um, you see that he, um, there's that split second where it, he has a like a deeper thought. You know when someone like visually zones out from the world for a second when they think. You see, he does, he does, and he, um. He actually comes and he puts it like you tower over him. Like Marcus isn't exactly a tall guy, mm. so like compared to you, so he puts his hand like on like your arm. And he's like, Harry, you've grown so much when we found you. I see you as my family. I truly believe that you are destined for great things. I feel the Trinity will it so. And there's a bit of a gap, and then he thinks a little more. He goes. I want you to see something. I think you're ready. Uh, he grabs a basket from you and passes it off to one of the female acolytes who is an elven woman. Now, to the chambers with these. She nods and walks off. And with a brisk walk, uh, yet still carrying himself with as much grace as an, an elderly man can muster, mm-hmm. uh, Marcus uh, leads you through a side hall from the main hall, which bypasses the main thoroughfare. So as you go through the great, uh, the great hall, You'll be from the back of the station to your right hand side. Takes you through a small bit, couple of wines, uh, and you happen upon a smaller door that Marcus opens. 
and he leads you to a small dais which overlooks the fields behind the temple. Mm-hmm. Out behind the church is oddly calming and beautiful, the sound of wind passing through the hills and echoing off the stone walls of your home. Off in the distance, slowly but surely, you begin to see a faint glow as what seems to be torchlight begins to fade closer and closer into view. Mm-hmm. Not unlike an ember that flies off a fire past your vision. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Mm. Oh, I'm drinking too much. Okay. So at this distance, um, you see two knights as they crest through the hill, both adorning darkened blue plate with the golden trim. They have the cylindrical helmets with the grates that guard their faces. And like the, you know, like the, uh, I guess it's like horsehair, like the ponytail that come mm. off the top to make it like real yeah. avant-garde looking. Yeah. Uh, upon their backs, they have the long dark cloaks with their shields mounted while their long swords swing at their sides. The one leading the walk holds the torch in his hand while he holds a rope in his other, in his left hand. It's, what, it's what's attached to the rope that truly draws your gaze. As the rope moves uh, behind the knight around the neck of four dark-skinned humanoid-looking figures. Ears, their ears are elongated as some, like, not dissimilar to elven folk, with deep, deep, dark eyes. The distance is making it hard to really discern colours or shades like amongst their face, but like darker skin than that. Uh, their hands seem to be bound like assuming like a small piece of rope and with the way they're walking it also seems as they've bound their ankles with a small length so that they can't run away to make their escape impossible and then you see uh, the second knight who's following up the rear uh, with another torch but he actually has his sword in his hand clasped as if ready to see if one of these creatures will make a break for it and you hear Mark he's like <clears throat> he goes drow Dark elves. Disgusting creatures. They're distant relatives to the wood elves and the high elves that we have here in our church. As I'm sure you've seen around. Mm, what What are the knights doing bringing them back here? We don't... I don't think I've ever seen them. He sighs. And you see, he leans his hands on like the, like the, uh, the railing. And he goes, Do you remember the stories... I told you about the Crucible War, when the the under gods were cast out from the Pantheon, the elves who worshipped them went underground. Seems now, however, that they're deciding to pop back up like the vermin that they are. Uh, I would like you to make a perception check, please. As you look between the man who's basically your father mm-hmm. and the first time you've ever seen prisoners mm-hmm. get brought back to the church. That is a nine. Uh, you're noticing as you look, like with, with a nine, um, the knight who's leading them, random intervals, he's like yanking the rope and causing like these drow, these dark elves to like, they lurch forward. Like mm. you see the one seconds to the rope gets, falls down and completely holds up the line. And you find like he wrap, he does a thing where like he wraps his arm around the rope and just slings it. Mm. And like you, you can, you can see it probably not even much here, but it's like <coughs> as like they're just getting dragged and they're stumbling to get to their yeah. feet because the rope on their legs is making it hard. So it's easy to tell that they have no, they they, they don't care for these 
prisoners. No, it would seem not. Yeah. It would seem not. Um, so Marcus, still one not looking at you, like he's on the railing and he's looking out over the field as the knights come through. He's like, so, you know that majority of the members within the church are elves and humans, some dwarves and halflings every now and again. Mm-hmm. We truly have faced some challenging times with your heritage. And so as he pops a hand right on your forearm. Mm-hmm. Uh, reassuringly, he says, but you have shown what is truly in your soul. You're a good lad, Henrik. One day you'll understand. And with that, he turns away and begins to move back inside. Is there anything that you would... What do you want to do? Um, well, I obviously want to follow him inside, but you know, as I'm kind of walking away from the balcony, I just want to you know, take one last look back at that, you know, those knights kind of wrangling up those... Are they, were they drow? Drow, dark drow, drow, yeah. Um, just because, like, it, it's just something I haven't seen before, so it's just, like, obviously piquing my interest. So I'm just, obviously just, like, following him back in and kind of taking a couple quick looks back. Okay, um, I'll let you do one more perception check. Like, just, like, this is... You know what? We'll do it with disadvantage because, you're like, you're trying to take mm-hmm. in as much information as you can because you want to follow Marcus. But um, do it here. Do it again with disadvantage. So roll, you can roll both of them, I guess. Make sure it doesn't fly off the table. <laughs> that is a 10. On a 10. Um, with 10, there's nothing you can really discern. Like, it's like, as they continue to drag, like, they're basically, like, as you're quickly taking another peek, the, the knights basically lead them into, like, the back passage of the church, mm-hmm. which leads in. And... That last split second as you like trying to peek over the back and you look, you see that last night at the back, as the last drow prisoner walks in, he fucking forward kicks him down the stairs, and you hear like the as he like hits the stairs and the as they pull the door shut. Have I met these it. knights? Have, do I know these knights? Are you they know, knights of our church? You know, yes, they're knights of your church. So, um, holy, these are the knights that are like, for intents and purposes, are the grunts, and then there's there are the holy paladins. The holy paladins mm-hmm. generally aren't always around because they are off doing things for the church, mm. like crusading. Um, oh, God, rid- the crusades. <laughs> <laughs> they are off doing, like, they're crusading. They're, um, you know, they're doing, like, um, like tours, basically, mm. where... The, they the word. Yeah, these are the knights that, like, have been touched by the gods and they get power mm-hmm. And like, be- like better magical power than people that like just have innate abilities. Mm-hmm. Like most of the acolytes in the church all have abilities. You like, like these guys are like they're the best of the best, and they try to recruit, recruit the like the young in to come in mm-hmm. and be like, oh, if you, if you like you put yourself to the Trinity, you will gain these powers. So like you don't see paladins very often, mm-hmm. but these knights are like just the other guys. Yeah. But the fact that you, you haven't seen knights here in a while, so to see them come back with prisoners, bit there you go. Um, so you're going to follow Marcus? Yep, of course. So you could hoof it back, catch up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I was wondering when you were going to catch up. Oh, sorry. I was... No, don't worry. Hmm. No, okay. So. Um. 
actually, make a make a deception check. I've already got the stat for what um he rolled. That is a 21. Oh, God. Okay. He goes... <laughs> as you walk, he's like... He says to you, Henrik, they made their choices. All those eons ago to flee into the caves beneath the earth. The world is different now. They cannot flee what they created and take what belongs to the new world. You know the word. The Shadow Daughter's duty within our faith is that she maintains all life within the dark while her father rests. Going back to the fact that her father is the sun and the stars. <laughs> but sometimes, not everything that festers in the dark is by her will. And it is our duty to cleanse the unclean. After the evening's dinner is finished, we cut, up, we cut forward. Uh, you help clean up after everyone has left the hall. As you do, you're always trying to help and mm -hmm. outdo the last guy. One guy cleans the dishes, you clean them a little bit better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> After roughly about an hour, you, with nothing left to do, um, is there anything you would like to do before you uh, retreat to your bed for the night? Anything you want to, like, do you pray before anything? Or, like, do you go up to your room to pray? Do you want to double check anything? What do you want to do? What do you think Henry's going to do before he goes to bed? Well, he's going to... I want to go into like the main the temple, prayer hall. The, the prayer hall. The great prayer hall, yeah. Yeah, in front of the, the three kind of sigils um, of the cresting sun. And I just want to, you know, sit in the front pew and make sure I'm mumbling my prayers a little bit. Just a little bit too loud. You know, just a little bit above a whisper. <laughs> you know, double a murmur. Double a murmur. Half a no, mumble. Yeah, half a mumble. But yeah, I want to, you know, I want to make sure that I'm seen there. Um, thanking them for the day's blessings for another beautiful day um, thanking them for the opportunities that I have you know that's, that's how I like to end my night just some, some quick prayers in the prayer hall so in the prayer hall where you are now <laughs> it's like you're the last one like like you said you you go above and beyond to do everything that you can do within your power of the church because that's just what you want to do. You want to belong and these people have given you a home and they've given you... Marcus has given you love to the best of his abilities. And while there are some people in the church that unfortunately treat you differently due to who you are, you still give... You've given yourself to them and you've given yourself to the Trinity. And while you sit there and after you finish your prayers and like that last bit of like your voice cuts from the echo of the temple, you swear you hear... Like, close enough that it's, like, close enough that you know what it is, but still far enough that you have to turn and look. The crackling of a candle. Like that. Mm. As it, yeah, that crackles the, yeah. the wick and stuff. Yeah. But when you turn to look, there's the torches. And, you know, like, but they're higher up. Mm. And they're not... On. Like they've been, they've been blown out for that evening because everyone's gone to bed and like they're leaving for the evening. But you turn and like there's no, there's no candle in this room. Is it just a moonlit room that I'm in? By this point, yeah. The, yeah. Like the great prayer hall only has torches on the ceiling and they're only on 
for like the middle of the day to like the end of the day when there's mass and stuff at night but when the middle of the night they have the guys like with like huge like um like spears like guys arms that like sort of wick the flame out you know with the candles with the bells on the end but like a longer one and they dip them out so you're in the prayer hall in the dark some of the moonlight coming through the um the gates and the gaps Mm -hmm. in the windows at the top there's and they use candles in everywhere else for the church to guide you through the halls and stuff except the great prayer hall at night but it's like you're nowhere near a candle like you can yeah. see the candles at the end where you look but you heard one and there's not one near you shall I make a perception check you can shall if you I like you can if you, you can go, go for check. it um see how perceptive I am <laughs> not very <laughs> <laughs> oh that's still a 17 a 17 yeah like as you like I like sharpen in like you the only candles are the ones at the end of the hall where you come in mm. and on the adjacent sides on either side of the um the pillars with the symbols like the, the actual praying area where you can walk out but they're not close enough to you that you can you hear can discern well, you, yeah, yeah like you could hear a torch surely at this time of night if the torches were on but a candle is such a like small audible sound like a it's just there Hmm. So, with that, you said your prayers. Go up to your quarters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But rest does not come to you as comfortably as it usually does. What's going through Henrik's mind right now before he succumbs to a night's sleep? I'm definitely thinking about those drow. The drow? I, I haven't been able to shake them from my head. Like, I know... Through the churches and Marcus's teachings, I've I've grown up hearing these things. I've grown up hearing that there is, you know, a, a yin and a yang. There is a, a bad, but there's light and dark. There's light and dark. I don't I don't leave the church very often, and especially not to to go and hunt drow. Is what I mean. Mm. You know, I'm not I'm not going out there and. I've never seen it firsthand. Someone even just treat another human being like this. I've seen people fight in the street, but I've never seen, you know, bound prisoners. Like prisoners, prisoners, prisoners of war. creatures. Yeah. Um, and you know, although I know my place in the church, I'm I'm thinking about its place in the church. I'm thinking about how oh. passionate Marcus seemed to be. And thinking about how it's going to affect me because obviously I have to be the best. And I strive to be, if not like Marcus, better than Marcus. Um, You know, how I can change that bit inside of me that feels uneasy about it to to make it seem as natural as he made it. Right. That's what I'm just thinking about as I... You know, slightly <laughs> Got chills. <laughs> Got chills. So, your eyelids finally find purchase as you slip into unconsciousness. You're in a void, floating endlessly, an astral sea that seems to have no end, no beginning, no boundaries. Internally, like in your mind, you cannot find peace even within your own dreams. The faces of the drow prisoners that you saw, they start floating past you in ambiance with your subconscious. Like you said, the 
the passion in which Marcus spoke his words, they echo through your head, seeing how a knight of the church were on basically on borderline, if not brutalizing bound prisoners, it brings you no you bring he brings you no comfort. Mm. The looks on their faces as they were being pulled into a place that they've never been before and more than likely never even heard of. And within the darkness, in the distance, you see a very small candle in a lantern, not being held by anything, just floating, slightly spinning. Not unlike when it was being hung in the wind and it would spin. You see the flame burning, burning, and then the candle goes out. You awaken the next morning to the sun cresting over the horizon and slowly starting to creep through the bedroom window. Today is actually your free day. You are not required to perform any task or attend any meetings or things of the like. You are completely at your own behest. Um, what would you like to do with your morning or your day? Um, let's see, it's the, it's the morning. Um, I think it's like, it, like, when the sun starts cresting like 6.45, 7. Mm. Like, you're in a pretty big field, but it's rolling hills, so you're at yeah. 7 a.m. there equivalent, like yeah. 7.30-ish, maybe. Yeah, well, um, I'd like to go down to um, have some breakfast with the other, like, I don't know, acolytes. Acolytes, and, yeah. And, and just, like, the people who live in the church. Um, you know, obviously, it's not in the temple, um, but surely our accommodation is, is near... Or on the same so the, um, grounds of it. The way the church is built is all the halls and stuff are the bottom level, and your quarters are actually on the roof. So like where you eat is actually in the church on the bottom level because mm-hmm. everyone eats together. It's like um literally for for an idea. Think the um the feasting hall from Harry Potter. Yeah, with yeah. the long tables. It's mm-hmm. literally like that, and that's like just offset to like the main thoroughfare and entrance of the yeah, church. It's, so um, it's like it's like an MPS. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's, it's a basketball court. Yeah. It's, it's where you do parade. Yeah, it's exa- also, exactly right. And yeah. they can cook food in there. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, it's like obviously it's a it's a it's a holy place, and um, they're doing kind of which like really a, gives you the idea actually of like how grand it is. Like everything is within this one building. The only thing that's not there is literally the the gardening tool shed, which is outside. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah. like, um, I like to imagine they're they're downstairs um, preparing some stuff. Um, kind of like a, a, a food for the homeless kind of thing or like you know if you want a meal um, people can come off of the streets and just kind of like share a meal in the church and hear the good word um, they, they definitely do stuff like that yeah it's very like any one person that comes to the church for aid will be aided mm. they will be bathed they will be you know mended yeah so. fed and if they decide to stay they stay if not they go on their merry way so you, you like that's why like your church is you like the the church of the cresting sun is the biggest organized religion in mm-hmm. the known world of Vildmorn, which is where we encompass obviously there's many there's many gods and there's many religions and faiths but they're the biggest mm. so it's like they their grandeur seeps into everything they do yeah they do so so I'll, I'll go down there quickly steal um not steal um, partake partake <laughs> in my in some my daily rations oh in, they're, 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 it's, a... it's plentiful like oh, yeah. it's like one of those things where you can just reach in and grab it so like they mm. yeah see they have um, like the cooks they do 
oh, there's eggs and there's like um there's like toasted bread there's um bacon's and other dried meats fruits mm. vegetables like you can partake in whatever you mm. please generally like the biggest stuff doesn't happen till like night time for dinners but yeah. like breakfast is breakfast is good of course but it's like although it's, it's good and, and plentiful um I, I don't want to you know come off as being gluttonous gluttonous you know so I'll, I'll take just like a, a loaf of bread and a, a couple of, of apples and um head out for the day to to the town you know, you see, go on the town. I'd, I'd like to go to the town just just to see if anybody needs any help, that kind of stuff. So, the closest town to you is like, oh, how we gauge? I think walking it would probably be like a four hour walk, whereas riding, <laughs> riding like cranking on a horse is like like two and a bit mm. cut short. So you can do so, but it's getting, it's basically a whole day. It's a whole day. You travel to the town, do what you have to do, and then come back, which you can do. Um, obviously, though, if you decide to like request the use of a horse by yourself, <laughs> it might be more difficult. Um, you can literally go to your quarters and lounge about. You can read. You, you can... know what? You know what? What do you think? Let's go. Um, let's go see what Marcus is doing. Because. Hmm. You know, even though it's my free day, I'm, I'm down to always, you know, I'm down to, to be tutored. Tutored, you know, okay. His, his tutelage is always appreciated. Uh, so, you uh, leave the hall, yeah, your apples and your bread, um, walk back through. Marcus does have an office, again, more so further to the back of the church, away from the Grand Prayer Hall. Uh as you open up, you find he's sitting in his office behind a beautiful, ornate wooden desk uh, with lovely golden filigree on the top. A few books and rolls of parchment you scroll in there. Oh, good morning. It's your free day. What are you, what are you doing down here? I just wanted to see if, um, you know, you do you need any help? Anything today? What are you What are you doing? Uh, he says he starts flipping through the parchment. Like, he's like, oh, I'm just... He's like, I have to go through and... Confirm supply deliveries. You know, we have a lot of people to feed mm. feed in the church. Uh, we have some... We have to resupply the knights to go on their way. And... I don't know, that one boy, I'll just be... Grazing the grounds. Checking on the children, the women. Well, mm. what's, what's on your mind? I'm just... Uh, look, you know, I want to be... The best I can possibly be. and um, Of course course there there are no day in my head there are no days off marcus uh, you know you know this um do you have any suggestions of what i should do today i i feel like a free day is a waste of my time i feel like having one day off will set me back one month he laughs to himself he's like always oh, your integrity is unshakable it's quite concerning he, he, he actually gets on behind his desk puts his arm like his quill and his inkwell and stuff and he walks around He's there, and he like clasps your hands in his hands. He's like, "My boy, you are allowed to take a break. To be the best, you have to look after yourself. If you truly want my opinion, maybe if you want to spend the day, go train with your sword. Go see if any of the other young ones want to bring up the training equipment. Other than that, you're free to relax." Hmm. All right, all right. Good advice. Well, maybe I can do two birds with one stone. You said the 
the Knights needed help with their equipment and stuff. Maybe I'll see if I can help them and see if I can try and coax one of them into training me in my swordsmanship. Hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he thinks about it for a second. Uh, and he thinks back and he's like, oh, I'm sure we can organize something. Um, w- William, William, and clicks and one of the younger squires that runs around comes in. He's like, can you see if the knights are still getting ready or if they've left yet? Oh, my way, sir. Gaps on. And there's a solid, like, two, maybe three minutes before he's like, there's a little kid running across a huge church to come back. So it's like completely silent. Yeah, so you find while you're waiting, like, you're standing there, he goes back, he's like, I'm just gonna continue to write. And he dips his quill in and starts, oh, my alarm, my bad. (laughs) And he, um, just looking around at the the ornate tapestries in his his office, just waiting for, just taking in everything that's there. Yeah, just waiting for Will to come back. I'm like, let me jump. Okay. While you're perusing around, give me perception. Tell me what you roll. Nat 20. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's what we call in the business a slam dunk. <laughs> so... You, as you're perusing around, like taking all the tapestries and like there's like scriptures and stuff that he has on his walls. Like this is, this is a man that truly like really partakes in his faith. But you see as he's writing, um, you see he pulls, because he had the royal's parchment, he pulls out a little rather, red leather, I don't want to screw that up, red leather book. Mm-hmm. And you find that as he was lifting the paper, that's what he was writing into. And he clasps it together, puts the leather strap on, and then slips it into the cupboard, the cupboard behind his desk, shuts it. And you find he takes a key out from under his robes, mm-hmm. locks it, puts it back on it, turns back around, sits back at his desk, and continues to mm-hmm. put everything together. Um, and that's really all you get from that. Finally, William comes back. You know, little fella? And he quickly runs up and whispers into um, Marcus's ear. And Marcus goes, So Williams told me that the um, the knights are still getting ready. They're going to leave. They are plated. They're waiting for the horses to get brought around so that they can, uh, they can ride back onto the next city and meet up with the other regiment. Um, they're willing to spend five or ten minutes if you would like to go down and see them before... Right away, right away. I'll, 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 I'll get my equipment. I'll be right down. <laughs> so I, I leave. You prepare for your equipment. Mm-hmm. So what, what equipment do you have? Like, because obviously, if you're training, you have like your armor and your sword mm-hmm. and stuff. Well, obviously, because I'm, because I'm not a, a proper paladin yet. I don't have, um, I don't have plate. No, you don't plate, plate mail. I just have um, some chain mail. I have chain mail. I have a long sword and a shield. You know, just like your your bread and butter paladin. Bread and butter paladin knight. Mm-hmm. That's right. Alrighty. So, as you go down to where, between where the church 
and like the tool shed is and where the stables are, which are offset again, fair distance. You can see that the knights are waiting under like a small, like little cover, like spread over the sun. They wear heavy armor and stuff. And you see they're talking amongst themselves and you... Are these, are these the knights from yesterday at all? Or are these just a different pair, a set of knights? Well, they're the only two knights in the building, but you actually see them like they, they have their helmets off this time, like their helmets are under their arms and stuff. And you see the other, oh, oh. Um, one of them is older, but still young, male, scruffy brown hair, but like tied back into like a kind of neat ponytail, bit of stubble. And one of them is a bald head, long black beard and he's much older like he mm-hmm. looks about to be in like he's like exiting his 30s into his 40s or the other guy's going to like just maybe his middle of his 30s late 20s and they walk up and um they see you coming towards with their gear and they're like oh so you're the boy that the uh, little squealy kid talked to me about yes that that's me <laughs> um not quite a boy um my name is henrik i'm i'm in training here at the church um you know, hopefully one day I can walk in your shoes and, and spread the message of the good lords as you do. Um, I was just hoping if I could please just have a few minutes just to sharpen my technique. I mean, these these wooden training dummies and bales of hay don't hit back. I just love a little... <laughs> I'd love a bit of competition. Sure. So he... um. Let me just quickly... Uh, I'll some stuff up real quick so you see he laughs and he goes oh nice to meet you Hendrik my name's Ro and that's the the, the ball guy with the beard Ro he comes and shakes your hand and he's like and that there's Ren he's my cousin we joined the church when we were kids Ren give me you're right in front of him I'll give this one uh, give me insight Give me insight with advantage because you've got Ro trying to introduce you to Ren and it's like... Uh, that is a nat 20. Oh my god! <laughs> You're my favourite. <laughs> you see, Ro is really friendly. Like, he's like, he's like, oh, you know, I was young. He was uh, the older one, right? Oh, I was young once. Yeah, he's the old one with the bald head with the beard. <laughs> but Ren, who's the young guy with the scruff of that bone tail completely ignores you completely just disregards you mm-hmm. and you see like even Roe sees it and he's like yeah f- forget about him he's a bit of a twerk clips him off the back of the head mm-hmm. and he's like quit it knock it off they're like don't be like the, the poor kid just wants to learn some techniques um he's like yeah can we go out we've got a couple of minutes before the horses roll in mm-hmm. I'll show you some stuff you spend a couple of minutes, like... Because you follow the longsword. Yes. yes. Same as them. So, he, like... Um, obviously, with your hands, like you got more, like, claws and talons. It's a little mm-hmm. bit harder. Um, but he shows you about, like, your stancing and all that sort of stuff. And he goes... And he goes, tell you what. And he actually... Um, he goes to where the training gear is. Like, he actually walks up and comes out. And he's got... They, he gives you one wooden sword. and gives you one... And he takes one wooden sword. Mm-hmm. He goes, tell you what. We'll trade some blows and we'll see how you go. Mm-hmm. So, roll initiative. That is a seven. Did better than him. Okay. So, you get to strike first. So, there's obviously going to be, there's obviously going to be, it'll be non lethal damage. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
Yeah, so roll your attack. So use the same dice that your sword has. Yep, yep. And like roll a hit, etc. And we'll just play it out. Alright, let's do it. Alright, first hit. So to hit, that is 16. It does not hit. So you find he, he dances back and he's like, you know, be careful about your distance, kid. You don't want to be too close, don't want to be too far. He's going to grab his wooden, uh, wooden longsword. And... 15? Does not hit. Oh, so you say as he goes, so he's got like in front of him and he goes, comes in with like a side swipe, you sidestep it. Mm-hmm. Avoid it. And he's like, you learn quick. You learn quick, kid. That is 23. That hits. So... Roll, roll your little damage thing. This is the D8, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, I don't need a D8, I need a D10. Oh, God, it's uh, that one. Yeah. one. Okay. That is five. So with a five, you sort of like... Where would you want to go for? Like, when you're when you're attacking an opponent, what would you think you were going to go for? Would you, like, try for, like, face, neck, leg? What do you think? Um. So kind of like, because he came in... Um, like to come at me, I kind of uh, repost his his attack and uh-huh. kind of swing his sword away with mine, and then just bring it back for like a, a hit on the arm. As if oh, yeah, like, chop yeah, arm. disarm so somebody. Yeah, yeah, so you get the tink. Yeah, and he sees like not bad, not bad at all. Steps back, so he's gonna come in. Oh, I don't like dog shit. Ah, uh, nah, that's not gonna do. So he swings again, and again you step backwards this time. Guard up, and he's like, "You, you're doing really good, kid." Well, I, I said I practice uh, a little bit. I, I do this quite a lot. <laughs> I practice quite a lot. <laughs> that is a nine. Not gonna do it. So, as you bring the sword around, like, ching, catches it, twists the sword back around. That is like, like um, he's like, try not to telegraph your strikes. Sword first, move as fast as you can. Otherwise, people are going to be able to get around it. Trying to, you know, good back and forth. Good back and forth stuff. No, doesn't get it. It's a nine. No. Incredible. So we'll do... <laughs> I'm so, untouchable. Yeah, untouchable. Fast on the feet. All right, so go again. Eleven. All right, no. Eleven's not going to hit. So he's going, you know what, I'm going to swap this guy. You're being a naughty D20. Give me, give me this one. Okay. You're being naughty. I've had it on here either. Okay. Alrighty. You're go. Um, so you guys are basically like more. trading and like catching. Like, but not really striking. Because you're picking up the idea of his defense. But mm-hmm. he's still, he's got like like 30 years on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Just before I, I go in again, um, I want to propose to him. I say, how about we make it a little bit more interesting? How about if I... For every strike I land on you, every blow, you answer one of my questions. Give me a persuasion check. That's cool, yeah. That is a nat 20. Oh, that's three! <laughs> what do you mean? I think Dean got the nat 20 in his episode. I have none since, and you've got three of them. Okay. I'm just a lucky guy. <laughs> he goes, saw those enemies, like, okay, kid. You got one. Ask away. Were you the knights who were bringing the drow in yesterday? Locks up for a second. He's like, you even see Ren. Mm-hmm. 
Lanky's head. And I look for it. And he goes, you saw that, did you? As he comes in to make another strike. With a 19. That hits. Okay, so that's going to be... Because he's got... He will, what's your sword stats? Because he's got a great sword, so that's slightly different. What's your long sword stats? One's 1d10 plus 3. 1d10 plus 3. Okay. Keep in mind... They're, they're fake. I'm level 1. Yeah. No, <laughs> I have 11 no, HP. They're, they're, yeah, but you're not, you're not getting straight. It's not lethal. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, so that, that's 10. So like he catches you on the slip... And like actually rocks you, like he comes in with this big underslash, gets you under the arms, yeah. and like sends you, and you like, oh, you get rocked. And he goes, he's like, you gotta be careful, man. They can come in from the bottom. And he got, holds the sword again. He's ready. He's ready. Oh, I missed that as a nat one. Nat one, like not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. You find as you're like stepping around, um, you guys get close. He comes in with the sword, and then like. Like feigns you and then just trips you over. Mm. <laughs> he's like, oh, "Watch your feet, watch your feet, kid." And he helps you back up. And right too now, much on my mind. I'm, I'm thinking about fighting. I'm thinking about talking. I'm, there's yeah. a lot going through Henrik's head right now. There is, there is. Nine does not do it. Does not hit. That is a twenty-two. Dear God. Yep, you go for it. Um, roll it, roll the damage dice. See, because oh, yeah. this determines how well you get him. That is a four. Four. You basically take the same move that he did, mm-hmm. but instead of feigning, like you go, like, you know, like with basketball, how you go to one side and you quickly spin and go the other way. Yep. Literally you do that. Cause you like, obviously your feet are not like humanoid feet. You've got like the clawed feet. Mm-hmm. So you just go, <laughs> come back around, take him out from under the legs and he falls and like, whoop. <laughs> All right, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> he sticks his hands up and he's like, Okay, let's give this let's give this another shot. And he's like, you see, he's coming in. He's like, what's your question? As he's like twirling the sword. What did you do with those drow? You see, straight away, puts the sword back in the sheath. Ren looks again. He's like, lessons over. Good shot, kid. We're all back inside now. And you find they turn around and actually they begin to walk to the stables instead, mm-hmm. and they just leave you. Damn. Damn. I'm cut. I'm I thought I was finally gonna get my answers, but but I didn't. You know, I'm I'm definitely hurt. As well as my pride. You know, <laughs> I I thought I was gonna do a lot better than this, you know, old man. And this geriatric. <laughs> you know geriatric. You know I'm, fossil. I'm in my prime almost. You know, I'm feeling myself. I'm I'm a bit embarrassed. But I'm I'm definitely angry that I feel disrespected. You know, I thought that we we had a good kind of thing going. Good rapport. A good rapport. You're building good rapport. But yep. I could tell that obviously it's something touchy that I'll have to follow up later on. Mm. Mm. So by the time you see the knights leave, it's probably I would say it's probably like after breakfast, like maybe nine thirty, ten. Mm. Maybe getting close to eleven. You will take. Um, so the sun's starting to hit its peak. Uh, what are you going to do? Hmm. Let's see. I want to... Because it's fresh on my brain. Um, I'll take off my... I'll return my training stuff to my room. Okay. And I'll take my chainmail off and just go back into my common gear. 
Um, I I want to investigate where they put those drafts. I want to. Oh, okay. Yeah, I want to go just to the door that they they kind of kicked him down through the back. Yes, I want to go. You know, walk the grounds in quotations, but go see where they took those drafts. Okay, okay. The grounds are easily accessible. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyone can walk anywhere. It's not like one part's cordoned off. So as you walk around this monstrous temple, when you get back, you clock where the dais is that you came out of. And there's a few, obviously, that of different places lead to different daises. And you... Over there. And you find it. And you look. And when you start to peruse the door give me an investi- Give me an investigation or if there's anything else you would like to see if you could do it but investigation would be the best one uh, investigation yeah. okay cool that is 17 with 17 as you progress through you can see the seam right in the stone it's a stone door but there's nothing to grab to open it mm. which would lead you to believe that it can only be open from the inside yeah but as you look and like you know the ins and outs of this church like no one else that that door if it leads down leads to a level that not a lot of people have access to because all the food and stuff is stored in a sub level beneath the main floor mm-hmm. but where's where where's that door you've been here for your whole life yeah what's your next step okay mm-hmm. I know it. Well, it's like I also like when I want to press my hands against it. Nothing's happening, right? No, like nothing. I'm trying to, you know, force the nothing. Mm. Can I go into the basement of the church, like where that food is stored, just to see if there is somewhere where, like, just so I can make my mental map, you know, for Henrik. He's like the stairs are coming down, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Know? So you track back around. Go into the church. It's the middle of the day. Mm. There's a lot of people. Um, when you get to the... Like, like the basement is not unknown. Everyone knows mm-hmm. it's there. So as you um, go in, uh, you're walking past, like, other people, like like the, um, some of those, like, the women that do a lot of, like, women and men that do the cooking, and you see um, some of the elven folk and stuff, people... Drifting away from you because obviously you're a pretty big guy. So when you come through the hallway, it's like, ah. And they're moving and getting out of the way. And you get down to the basement, and the basement is, um, there's obviously it's like pillared in particular rows to support the weight. And there's all the shell, like the wooden shelving that has all the supplies, like the herbs, um, and some wines. There's, um, bread that's stored in like crates, which are tucked against the wall, all that sort of stuff. So now you're in the sort of general area. What are you... What's Henrik doing to try and discern where... Well, it's like, I know just by looking at that door, it's it's secretive. It, it's not built like a door, you know? Um, there's not all the kind of churchy, temple filigree around it and a nice, you know... For the fact that it's like seven metres tall. Yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't have no handles on it. It kind of doesn't have handles. Um... I just want to have a real good look, you know. I'm kind of just like looking into the back of my mind, closing my eyes, trying to trying to piece together if you know the stairs are leading down. You know, where where would they be? Where would I be? You know, is there somewhere in this basement that you know maybe I haven't had a proper look at? You know. Okay. And so how 
how we're going to run this because you are trying to look and investigate a path that you can't find mm-hmm. while there's other people around. Are you trying to keep it hidden or are you sort of just going for it? Like, Because um, how you attempt to look for it attempts affects how we, re- we respond to it. Because... Mm. I imagine the whole basement area isn't just used for food, right? Like, is there oh, there's, there's heaps of things. Like, like the candles are there, the oil for the torches. Like, mm. it, it's for everything because they try to keep it off the main thoroughfare mm. upstairs. So it's all down here. So like, the basement was pretty big, mm. but like everything's there. Like, yeah. like everything, even some of the extra linens, um, clothes, um, utensils. Like everything's there. It's yeah. packed. Um, Crates lining all up the sides of the walls, shelves. Barrels, like there's so much stuff. Yeah, well, it's like I, I know that it's gonna draw suspicion because I know it's something that it feels secretive to me, just based on how Rowan Ren acted. So I want to, I'm gonna grab a, a basket and and as I walk down there in in my typical fashion, because I'm always kind of peacocking what I'm doing yeah. for the church. I'm gonna say, just gathering some stuff for Marcus today. Um, just oh, some odds and ends, you know, as I walk through. Mm, what's his favorite food again? You know, walking from right from section okay. to section. You know, kind of just oh, I need oh, I need some more candles for his chamber. You know, just so I can have an excuse to go to every section. Right, just kind of okay. So I'm not gonna make you roll deception because again, it's not like the basement's loaded with people, but you've you're peacocking your way around as you said to give yourself a bit of cover. If someone mm. asks. So what I'll get you to do. Roll me. Roll me investigation. Let me know what you get. Nat one. Nat one. So as you start from one end, it progressively moves like the center of the basement. You don't find anything. A lot of that is shelving. And that's like candles, linens, all that sort of stuff, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so time for your second investigation check. This is as you sort of meet to the middle and you get to like like food and stuff. Like. Mm-hmm. 19. 19. As you get to the middle, you look over and you see that there are some like big box crates. They're stacked in the corner. So like generally it's like you can, I think they can get about three, if I, three, yeah, three. Like three large crates high. Mm-hmm before the roof has too small of a gap and they can't stack anymore and they go into the back there. But you find that some of those crates are slightly askew, like they're not tucked in properly and you know, they, they should be tucked in properly. And then there's some... Give me... I'm thinking... Crates there. Yeah, with a 19, you notice basements get dusty. It is what it is. There's unturned dust where the crates are and you're not quite sure if that's because the crates have been moved and someone was restacking something or mm-hmm. something got dragged through yeah so give me the last investigation check as you investigate the crates I'll give you advantage on it because you've discovered something that leads into the trial the 19 was high enough to give mm-hmm. you that feed so you can roll and take the higher one 18. 18. Cool. So as you get closer, double check around, make sure no one's coming. Still pretty empty. As you peek behind the crates where they sort of slip off the wall, um, you have a look. You can't really see anything because you slip your hand in 
you feel a seam in cold metal mm-hmm. behind the crates. You can't get to it unless the crates were physically moved out of the way, but it's there. You know it's there. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Um, I want to see how heavy these crates are. I want to I wanna just see if I can move them. Because I'm, I'm a strong guy. I'm like, oh, surely I'll just move these crates. Okay. Uh, give me a strength check. One strength check that will basically determine if you can lift the crates and then you can, if they're, because they're all with the same weight. If you can't lift the first one, it'd be too heavy. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll go from there. Please, God, let me be strong. I've been talking all this game. <laughs> I am not strong enough. <laughs> what would you roll? Nine. 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 So with a nine, as you go to lift the crate, it's just like, <gasps> it's ungodly heavy. And you can't even seem to get it to rock. Mm. So to, if you were going to attempt to get in there, you would you either need help or you need to figure out what it is. Yeah. Probably figure out what it is. Mm. So what are you what are you gonna do? Mm. You got a lot of choices, man. There's a lot of ground to cover. Like There's a lot. But by this point it's probably getting to about like one in the afternoon. Mm. Um Let's see if I can get some help moving these boxes. Help. Help. Mm-hmm. I want to find, you know, a young strapping lad down there. Um, and I want to try and convince this guy that I need to move these boxes. He has to need some help moving these boxes. Okay. Sure. So. This has gone completely the opposite. On a successful roll, I'd essentially be like, hey, um, you know, Marcus needs these boxes moved. He wants to use this area for something different. I think he wants to open up a little prayer circle or something for the children down here. And in the basement. In the, yeah, it's, it's definitely odd. But so, you know, so that's what as, he wants to do. So this interaction's happening to like, like, like a young fella like in his 20s, like equal to like basically your age, like mm. in the difference. And he's like, a prayer circle in a basement. Wrong persuasion. <laughs> <laughs> At this time of day. At this time of day. In this time of the Localized year. Localized in, in your some, basement. In your basement. Yes. yes. <laughs> Can I see it? No. That is not good. What did you get? Uh, that is uh, 11. He goes, like, like, you know this guy. Not really know his name. There's a lot of people in it. But he's like, look, I understand... Marcus is like your dad or whatever. But I'm not doing that. <laughs> he just walks off. Um, before like, he walks off, oh, as he's walking off, okay. I want to grab his wrist and try for an intimidation check instead. Intimidation? Yes, I want to grab his What wrist do you say to him? As you grab him, he's like, hey, what say, the fuck? I was asking as a nicety, I need help. Move these boxes with me. Okay, roll intimidation. <laughs> 15. 15? Like, your hand, like, really encompasses his mm. wrist. And he's like, okay, man, I'll... Easy. I hope you move the boxes. Excellent. So you guys make your way back towards the basement. As you're, like, walking down, is there anything you're doing to prep so you can do it? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Um, well, I, I want to be... 
obviously on the side where I saw that opening. Just so, because I don't want anyone else to know about it. I don't want this guy to know about it. I don't want him to know about this secret opening that, um, you know, I found out. So, you know, I just want him on, I want to be on that side. I want him to be on the other side. Hey, I just need a bit of help just moving these just a little bit. Enough so in my mind, if it is some kind of door that opens outwards, I can just like slip in. Right, okay. So what I'll do is you get this guy to come help you. Uh, strength check with advantage. Take the higher roll and see what happens. That's more like it. Nat 20, baby. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> you know what? No, so you find yeah. it. So with a nat 20, you're not able to lift the crates, mm. but you can flip them. That's the only way you guys yeah. are able to move them. So I was like... Whatever's in there weighs a fucking ton. It's just full of like fine china and like <laughs> crockery. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh god, oh, like a bull in a china shop. Um, eventually, you guys help. Like, so you're you're pushing against the wall and he's pulling. So you're trying to coax the boxes away so that you can see it, but he can't. And it's just like. <laughs> As it scrapes across the concrete and you just get it to move the gap. And you're like, and he's like, he's like panting and he's like, he's like, dude, these things weigh, they're so heavy. You're, I'm not gonna, I don't want to move all these. <laughs> like, but with that being said, you've got a gap. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So as soon as I see that I have enough of a gap, I want to dismiss him straight away. You know, I want to get him out of there. Um, I grab his hands. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Um, I hope I I'm I hope I wasn't too rough. I do apologize. And I take um my my half a loaf of bread I have left from the morning and I offer it to him and I say, Remember the words of the scripture, the enemy that offers you his daily bread shall be an ally by the end of the day. <laughs> and he's like No worries. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. And he walked me like, Thank you, brother. And he walked <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Damn. So you peek through the gap and it's a you can see the seam where the stone slightly juts out where there's like a hem and it is a door made of black iron mm -hmm. with just one of those you know like those turning latches where the two bars go either way to lock mm -hmm. it in yeah. uh, it's got one on this side so you would assume it's probably one on the other side mm -hmm. as well and it's like, it's cold. You can feel a draft coming out from underneath the mm -hmm. bottom. It's this weird. And you've never seen it before. You've never seen this door before. Like you don't even, you didn't even know it existed until mm. you investigated. What do you want to do? I want to, I want to, I just want to try the door. I don't want to open it. I just want to see if it's open at full. I was going to give it a little, just give it a, a little, wiggle. a wiggle just to see if it gives. You know, like if, yeah. Straight away, I'm not gonna make you roll for it. Just like it begins okay. to do it. Okay. So it's not locked. You would, you would believe that's like it's not locked because it's hidden. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if with those with those crates in the middle, how often does it get moved? Yeah. That is the question. Yeah. So um, what are you going to do now? So coming into early afternoon, into the evening. I I, I don't want to go yet, because. People saw me down here, people saw me come down here, but they don't, they're not going to see me leave if I go down there and then I'm not going to be down there. So 
I want to, I want to find some old linens that are down there. Just stuff that I know that just from experience that people aren't using, but the church just keeps just in case. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to stack it around there just to make sure everything is still hidden. Right. Um, Cool. And I want to, I want to come back at night, you know, the cover of nightfall. And that's when I'll make my, that's when I want to make my inquiries. Inquiries. Okay. So I guess I'll just, I'll go, I'll, I'll, I want to go back to my room and just await nightfall. Okay. So, you go through the same rituals that you do every night. Dinner, the church goes. Marcus bids you farewell for the evening. You go to the hall. Uh, before you got to your room to prepare, are you going to pray? Um, yes, because I was, I was going to sneak down in the garden and tell everybody that I'm just going to go pray. You know, um, that's my excuse for being in the hall that time okay. of night. I'm just going to say to everybody... You know, I'm off to I'm off to say my prayers. You know. Well, the way the quarters work in the church is um like they're small like studio rooms, like Mm. one little bedroom. Like it's like a prison cell. It's just long enough to have your cot and a small desk. So you don't share rooms with anybody, but there's lots of them. Yeah. So you don't have to tell anyone you're doing that. But well, that's 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 my that's my thing as I'm walking through the the pews. Peacocky. Yeah. Yeah. I have my you know I'm clutching my amulet in my in my hands. Yes, um, okay. My little medallion of the, the cresting sun and I got a, a prayer book in my hands and you know, I'm just going down to the temple to say my prayers for the night. Um I'll obviously be the last one down there. Don't worry, I'll make sure everything's all all locked up for the night. I'll see I'll see everybody in the morning. Thank Lovely. you. So that's you coming from your room. Mm-hmm. Do you prep any equipment? Do you take anything with you? Um, no, no. Just the book and the medallion. Yeah, because I do not want to arouse arouse suspicion. And why would I need anything? I don't want to bring my 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 weapons with me because why would I need them? We're in a ch- we're in a temple. We're in a holy place. I won't need to defend myself. I I just want to know what's happening. Okay. I'm so bringing an, I'm bringing an inquisitive mind. Inquisitive mind. Bringing. Okay, so. You, you know, do your song and dance. No, just go down to pray now. Mm-hmm. You want it down. And I would assume you probably would sit in the pews for a little bit just mm-hmm. to double check your surroundings and all that sort of stuff. I'm like a, I'm like a, it's like a Catholic church. I'm like, ah, ah, Padre Limine. And the morning sun came down and he rained down his heaven and his holy light. And like the temple obviously has a beautiful echo. Yeah, it's like, oh, like it's... See Hendrix, he's always wanted to be a singer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just mucking around. Oh, that's but cool. yeah, I obviously um start saying my prayers and looking around, making sure the coast is clear. Cool. You know? Uh after it would be maybe you give it like a good half an hour, maybe forty five minutes, to really make sure. And after a while, it seems you are alone. And now you have to move your way through the church. So what I'm going to need you to do is, as you move from the grand, the greater prayer hall, to move through the feasting area down towards the basement to where the supplies are kept, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to need you to make a stealth check, please. 
So no disadvantage because you're not wearing plate. You don't have, because you don't have to do your own paladin, you have chamber, but you're not I wearing I made sure chamber. to say that I like, I yeah. take it up, you know. Yeah, exactly. I right. So. Wear. Let's go. Ooh, five. <laughs> five? I'm not very stealthy. So as you move out of the uh, Grand Prayer Hall and you move through, uh, you just you just knock a seat in the feasting hall, mm-hmm. like a, as it scraps across the ground. And... Slightly off in the distance, you you hear up. And someone walks through. Someone seemingly has heard it and has gotten up. So you need to make it another check as you walk through. Um, I need to roll. Is this a stealth check? This is stealth. And I'm going to... I don't want to use my big dice because they keep lying to me. Give me... What's this one? Black and red. What did you get? Eight. I also got eight, <laughs> like as a total. <laughs> so, um, as you walk through and you're moving forward, um, you know, you come through the feasting area, you accidentally knock the chair, you scraped, and you heard someone open the door. You don't know where, but you heard it because it's dead silent. And as you work your way through the hall, there's Eric. What are you doing up at this hour? And you turn, and it's Marcus, seemingly still in his office. Mm-hmm. Oh, Marcus! I'm just um, as you know, I I I always like saying my prayers into the the twilight hours. Um, I, I, I get lost in these, these, these pages, you know, it's almost like, um, um, I'm kind of visualizing what's in, in this parchment, you know, I'm really trying to let it sink in, you know, I'm just, just here by myself, just, and then I, I was, I saw this pew was actually crooked, so I was trying to fix it up, so that's what that noise was, I was actually just correcting the, the pew, you see. (laughs) Give me, give me deception. <laughs> He's deception. He's gonna roll insight, which is, I believe, insight is wisdom. What did he roll? What did you roll? <laughs> I rolled a ten. He sees he he like oh, he his glasses, rubs his eyes, but he goes. He looks very tired. Mm. Like he's honestly been filling out heaps of documents and stuff all day. Uh, he walks over his, and he walks over to you a bit stumbled and he goes nice. you're a good boy Henrik oh thank god <laughs> I'm going to go to bed I'm feeling very tired and the old man shuffles and is he going back to his quarters or is he's going, going back to his quarters now is that where I was earlier in the day or is no, that that's just the his office the office same spot because it's a, their main prayer hall mm-hmm. and they all sort of offset around around it and to the mm-hmm. back of it behind it so that's why because it was in the grand prayer hall it passed through and he heard it and he's come out but he realised it was you can I I want to just as Marcus is leaving just say Marcus I just want to thank you for I don't know if it was your words that convinced those knights to help me train today um, but I just wanted to thank you now I want to go in for a hug and I want to see if I can slide a hand that key off his neck. 
Okay. See if I want to see if he's still wearing it. If he is, I want to try it. I want to try get it off his neck. I want to know what's in that red. The book. red book. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, as he comes up, you're like, as you come up, and you like put a huge claw on his head, mm. hand, and he's like, and he puts it up and like rips on your shoulder, mm. and he's like, "You're destined for great things, boy." I know. So he gets a little bit emotional. And you pull him in for a hug. Mm-hmm. Um, roll slide. So, roll slide of hand. So the way I'm gonna do mm-hmm. this is your slide of handing to use one of your claw talons, like mm-hmm. just a little bit, to nick the rope. Mm-hmm. And just get it to drop. Yeah. He wouldn't know. He wears robes. It would be muffled. I generally think that. I think that's being fair. Mm-hmm. So if you, I don't want to trash talk, you are level one. So it's like <laughs> roll slide of hand and see what happens. Please God, that is not gonna work. That is a seven. <laughs> On a seven, you you attempt to just give it a little wiggle. You just can't get it. Mm-hmm. So as he lets go, um, he pats you on the chest. He's like. Good night, Henrik. Good night, Marcus. Lindsay. Wanders off. Mm. So. Back to the matter at hand. <laughs> Back to the matter at hand. Okay. So you finally move through. I'm not going to make you do another stealth check because the one person whose opinion really matters has already mm-hmm. seen you off, so you're fine. You finally wander through. Down to the basement. And you find... Everything that you stacked in, the linens and stuff to cover the door. And do you have anything you want to do before you open the door? Like, are you hyping yourself up? Are you casting anything? You No, I, I don't have anything to cast. <laughs> well, you don't have spells yet. I don't have spells. And um, I don't really get my abilities in time of paladin because I get my abilities through, you know, that holy, that holy touch. Right, so um, he's just so going raw integrity. Raw integrity. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind. Of, I want to have a bit of an eternal monologue. Um, I'm, I'm ready to see what's down here. If it is what I think it is, if it is, drow prisoners. Um, I don't know how bad it's gonna be, but in my head, I've I've read heaps of books on on war and and stuff like that. So I could only imagine, but. I don't want to imagine it in this place. This place that is like a blanket, a warm blanket around me. I don't want to know that the that that blanket was, you know, full of razor blades the whole time. Um, a razor blade full of blanket. A blanket full of razor blades sounds horrific. It's the name of my metal band. <laughs> um, I'm just like I want to. I'm just preparing myself mentally for whatever I'm going to see inside. He's rubbing his eyes, guys. Like he looks um, very nervous. I'm I'm channeling right now. Um, it's called method acting. <laughs> um, that's what happens when you get a, a failed drama kid who peaked in high school. <laughs> Congratulations. And I know you're out there, guys. <laughs> um, and um, I, I wanna, I'm, I'm going to go for that door. Let's go for the door. So you <laughs> pull the, uh, the lever. Wrong lever. Wrong lever. Crunk. <laughs> Why do you even have that lever? Um, as you push the door open, that like cool air that you sort of felt coming out, mm. it's starts. It's not cool this time. It's warm. 
muggy and gross, and you are hit as that as the draft sort of comes in and pulls the air out that was underneath. You are hit. I need you to make a Constitution saving throw. D&D Beyond makes it so easy. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's I love so it so easy. much. That is a 15. Okay, so... You take one point of... I guess it'd be poison. Like, poison. It's basically your integrity has been challenged as you were hit with the most foul-smelling stench you have ever smelled in your life. Yeah. That door seemingly acting as a very good blanket to stop that coming up. As all you see down is a dark staircase. Yeah. Which eventually spirals at the end. As you walk down the staircase, you see a couple of torches. Giving you a little bit of light as you descend through. Mm -hmm. And it's quiet. It's quiet down here. After about two minutes, two and a bit, you finally hit one more door. Just a wooden door, black iron latch, and you like twist and push and open up. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming not willing to do anything. He's gonna go in. Correct. Yeah. So your your talon grabs the thing, opens it. As you open the door, and you walk in. What you see when you enter into this sub-level room that you've never seen, you've never knew existed. is a description that only ever seems to be written about in detail in holy books, books on warfare, even some children's horror stories. You see tight packed cages along the wall, stone, tablet, desk in the middle. Um, with uncleaned, disgusting blood on it. Uh, against the wall, there's shelves with bloody tools, like scalpels or daggers. Mm -hmm. uh, weird clamping machinations that you've never seen before seem to open things out. Bottles of bile and disgusting black and green ichor some of it looks like half-eaten food that's been thrown up. You feel your stomach unsettling mm -hmm. as you've never seen anything this gratuitous. And as you peruse through the room and you start walking down and looking through the cages, that's where you see what's been happening to the drought prisoners. Mm -hmm. They are crammed. It's more than just the four that you saw. The four that you saw were the newest batch. You see, they're crammed into tiny cages, having to like relieve themselves in the corner. They share the same, they share the same spaces where they have to, they have to eat, sleep, shit and piss. It's the same place. You see, they're like there's men that gone their faces they have no muscle they're eating away but they're still alive you watch as one its eyes follow his eyes or their eyes 
follow you, but they don't do anything. Peer into one chamber, but there's one where she's bloodied on her lower half and she holds an infant that doesn't move and doesn't cry. You proceed to another um, and there's there's a dark elf in the drow in there that has a mutilated scar from the temple down to the nape of their neck leaning across the tape like across the bars drool coming out their mouth physically alive physically still breathing but mentally they've been dead for a while you know what it is you know what's happened whether Henrik really wants to believe it or not I don't know but in this moment, what's he feeling and what's he thinking? My first thought is, like, am I going to be sick? I've, I've never even thought, I never thought of something like this before. Um, it's disgusting. It's, it's horrid. Um, my 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 world is kind of almost crumbling around me because I thought this place that I was in was you know every my worst nightmare just came true everything that I was talking to myself about in that basement came true I did not want this to be the truth no. um, Henrik's trying to find the good in this though like justifying it in his head oh well uh, this has to this has to be for a reason these these people obviously did something something horrible you know other than surely surely they did something and this isn't just a punishment just for being who they are surely these are horrible people who deserve this you know, so I'm just kind of... My mind is breaking. Just slowly but surely. Just, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Um, as you stand there, betwixt two rows of cages, like these creatures, they can't even stand up. They have to crouch to move through. The smell, the sounds, like hearing the strained breathing but knowing most of them died inside of probably a long time ago just to try and cope with the pain you feel like a as something reaches out and barely touches your ankle and you see it a young drow girl maybe no older by human standards maybe like 12, 13 just through her teen years you find she opens her mouth to mate and she can hear the but she has no tongue it's been removed whether it was a punishment for making noise or just a sick game you don't know but she's reaching and she's trying to grab and she's trying to grab like the pant leg of like your cloak to like mm -hmm. pull you down but she has no strength mm -hmm. I um 
as much as everything inside of me is saying to help her, um, I kind of like kick her hand away and back away in fear because even though she's just a child, everything I've heard about these people, um, I don't know how to act around them. You know, it's like it's like I've been culture shocked. Culture you know? shocked. Yeah. That's right. So I'm just like, uh, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm backing away. Um, you know, just trying to soak in the situation. Um, and then I, I, I want to see if I can help her. I want to see if I can talk to her. So as you, you back away and you sort of realize what's happening, you realize she's not trying to harm you. She's not trying to do anything bad. She's just trying to get your attention. So you go down to the bars. She's laying on the ground, like her body in her chest, like the the clothing quotations that they have are just rags. You realize that the rags they put on them is what your supplies come in. These aren't even like normal clothes. Like they have been stripped of what they came in with and given drabs. It's like a burlap sack. Literally a burlap sack. Mm. Literally. Because you have you have heaps of them. There's heaps of them in the church. Why would they need to get normal garb for? Mm. And she tries to prop herself against the on the cages to try and like look at you. You find she can't move her legs. Her legs aren't working. Seemingly like she's paralyzed. And all she does is when you get close enough, she grabs like the front of your cloak, like your shirt, and pulls you and puts a like a like a necklace medallion in your hand. And as she does that, there's a quick little faint of a smile and then she's gone like she even holding out hoping that someone was going to come and you have the medallion in your hand and you find it's just a little a little gemstone something found in the earth they come from the underdark they have many stones and stuff down there you see it's like this weird shiny but really dark purple obviously it seems to be something that's native to where they've mm-hmm. grown and lived she leaves that with you and she's gone and that's it no movement no breathing the cacophony of breaths and agonizing moans around you the smell oh my god the smell what's Henry gonna do um you know, I want to clutch this gem. Like, and even though this thing has been forged by, you know, obviously, like, pressurized earth, mm. you know, I'm just, like, clutching at it. You know, I was going to make it a diamond with the amount of force. Um, and I'm, I'm crying. I've never seen something die. And nothing as pure as a child. You know, um, and and I'm I'm angry. I I want to know what's happening. I want to know what's happening right now. So what do you do? Um, 
I want to go. I want to go back upstairs. I want to. I want to put this. This, in my pocket. Um, I'm gonna get back upstairs. I'm gonna close the door. Mm-hmm. So I, you seal your path behind you. I seal you. my path behind yep. me. Um, and I want to walk to Marcus's chambers right now. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you walk with purpose. Mm-hmm. Heavy steps. Your like the claws of your feet as you tap, making powerful rhythm as you ascend up the stairs to the quarters. And Marcus, being the one who runs the church for this segment, this sect, goes, he's down the furthest end, obviously has a bit more of a more grandiose chamber. You see he's got double doors into his chamber. And right before you enter, there's that split second where you're on the precipice. You're gonna go in guns blazing. Are you going to go in and try to plead with the man who raised you? Accusatory? Saddened? How do you attempt to approach? Um, well, that's for me to know. I need to find out. I'm going to open that door. You just push it open? I push it open. Forcefully. Like... <laughs> And you see, you know, Hayes, like, he reaches over to his, he's going to reach over to his table and he grabs his glasses and he looks and he sees you. And in this light, it's intimidating. Like you've got little bits of candlelight. There's no light in this room. There's Mm -hmm. just moonlight. And there's just this hulking humanoid dragon figure in the door. And you've got your prayer book in one hand, your amulet, the necklace from the girl, and Marcus is in his bed looking at you. My, my God, Henrik, what are you doing at this hour? I want to throw the necklace at him onto the bed. Hers? Her necklace. So, in like a split second where there's like, it's just silent. And it hits the bed. And he looks, and you see his eyes go wide for that split second. Henrik, I need, what did you do? I need to know what this is. And he's like, what did you do? That isn't what the question here. The question is, what have you done? I did what was necessary. I need... To protect people. I need to know. Tell me. I'm done living in the dark. You always tell me I'm ready. I'm ready now. Tell me. As you guys are having this heated exchange, because the doors are just open, mm. you hear like, and everyone's looking through. You see like kids are like, with like feet around them. I was like, oh, come, oh, someone please think of the children. <laughs> like they're hiding the kids away. He gets up, pulls himself together as he walks past in a brisk pace, grabs you by the like the sleeve of your shirt and pulls. He's like, come with me, and he grabs you through. Um, as everyone's looking and they're like, oh, Margaret is like, back to your chambers. And like, hisses like venom at people. And he drags you through. You find yourself in his office. One, like he's lit like a couple of candle sconces around and he got light. You find he pulls out the key from his desk drawer 
in this particular instance, unlocks the thing, pulls out the red leather book, and flaps it on the desk. He's like, you think you're ready? You want to read? Read it. What is this? What is this? Read it. Pick up the book. Open it up. As you go through, you start scrolling through the pages, you find there's, like the first few like chapters, I guess, is like, oh, you know, we this is from like when the temple was built and Marcus was overseeing when he was much younger. It goes all the way through from when he was a squire of the church. And like there's gaps where there's like a couple of months, a couple of years, and then you get to like the middle section, you start working through, and that's when he, they start dictating when there was a drop in the earth and a cavern opened up and the drow started emerging. As it dictates, the drow were coming out seemingly like a war party, but they always had equipment. Like there were some families coming through and there was, um, like they had like traveling provisions, but never arms or anything like that. But the church straight away centers know that they believe the drow were trying to launch an insurgency, like to try and undermine the Wiltshaw empire by coming up through the earth. Cause no one knows truly where the caverns lay because they're all underground in the underdark. So they start capturing them, ask them questions. Eventually they never get answers. You read as they start interrogating them, the paladins would come in, the knights and the paladins, and they would take turns beating them. They would take turns slicing their skin with small blades, trying to get them to talk. Eventually it stemmed from trying to get information about what they were doing. And some would speak common. All they would say was, we need to leave, we need to go, like from what they could piece together. And eventually it stopped. they stopped caring more about why they were coming. And they started caring more about what them coming could offer them as you progressively get through the book what you find towards the end is hideous yet gratuitous details regarding what it is that happens to the drow in the belly of the beast mutilations lacerations to their skin to determine resistances immunities eyes that have been gouged from skulls to understand their vision, their dark vision, and how better to exploit it. Carving open their skulls to find weaknesses in their heads and dismemberment to find the weakest points to strike. The barbarity was spared on no one, not even the children. So as you read this, Marcus is there waiting, just watching to see what's going to happen. Not saying anything. But you know what it is. People, races, like humanoids, that seemed like they were just trying to get away from something, that they didn't care about what it was. They just saw, hey, this is an opportunity where we can learn how to kill them. So in this moment, what do you think? What happens to Henry? I'm, Henry's shaking. With rage, with just, with nerves, everything is, every single emotion is pouring through him right now. 
Mm. And he doesn't know which one is going to is gonna show its face first. Um, I just want to look at this, this father figure in my life. Almost pleading with him. Like it's like it's like like, like kind of like a, it's not too late to change, kind mm. of tone in my voice. Yeah. And I just want to say, Marcus, this is evil. This is not what the teachings of the Crescent Sun. This is not what we believe in. This is not what you've taught me. This, this is evil. And sees like, he goes into his head. He's like. What? He's like, we are stopping evil Henrik. These creatures have been in the Underdark for thousands of years. We have no idea what they're capable of or what they can do. If I had not done what I had done and sent my findings to the church, there's no telling what unspeakable plagues will be brought upon the land. I had to do this. I had to. You see, he starts to cry a little bit. Give me an inside check. That is a six. Six? Oh, seven. Oh, it's plus, seven. plus two. It's plus two. Seven. So with a seven, it's. This is probably the maddest you've ever seen him. Mm. But not like mad, like angry mad, like angry, like mad, sad. Like. He doesn't know, like he's stuck trying to justify what he's done we can look we can stop we can stop all of this let's let's just stop no more no more let's just we'll set we'll go downstairs we'll set them free okay we'll we'll give them shelter we'll give them clothes we'll take them home he runs and he grabs you and he's like they're gone Henrik there's no saving them but looking up at you (laughs) But they're saving you. They're saving you. We need to stop this. No more. No more. He lets go and he's like, Argh! and he runs his hands through his hair, and lifts his glasses, lifts, rubs his eyes. And... Henrik. When I was sworn in, I promised the Holy Trinity that I would do whatever is necessary for the church to keep them safe. This is what the order wants. It is what has to be done. And if you can't stomach it, I need to know. Before I, before I tell you how I feel, I need to know, will you ever change? Will this ever stop? Straightens up his robes and one moment where he grabs your hands and he goes we do what must be done because it has to be 
stands up holding your hands. Father, which I've never called him at this point. I was really afraid that you would say that. And I, I, holding on to his hands, mm -hmm. you know, he's holding on to mine and I kind of, it's like, like, like he, you had your hands and you sort of like put them together mm -hmm. and like holding them on the outside. I'm yeah. just like slowly making my hands go on the outside of his and just clasping them together. And I'm, I'm holding him tight. Mm -hmm. um, I was afraid that you were going to say that. And I want to pull him in and like clutch, like grab him. Like I'm grabbing him, arms around him, bear hugging him. Like a grapple. Like, like an actual like a grapple, grapple. Like a proper grapple. Like a grapple. Okay. Um, I'm going to see if... Oh, so he's going to roll. He's going to roll strength. And I think it's contested strength, I believe. So, but he's much older. So I'll let you do it with advantage because you're so much bigger than him. He's old, like. Oh no. Um, seventeen. He got an eight. Okay. So he's like, oh, look, Henrik. Henrik. I'm just squeezing tighter and tighter, breathing heavier and heavier. My grip, it's not loosening. I'd want you to change. You're not gonna change. You're not gonna change. This is a lie. It was always a lie. My childhood was a lie. And you were just gonna bring me into this, into this evil, into this disgusting place. And you were gonna make me like you. You were who I wanted to be. And I'm just squeezing him. You just keep squeezing? Um, I keep squeezing him. As you keep squeezing, I'm like, this is a, this is an old man. I'm like, mm. this is, you squeeze, you can't, he can't even, like, because his hands got pulled into his chest, so as you feel it, like, you're squeezing, and he's like, <coughs> and you, <coughs> as, like, you keep squeezing him, you start to hear it first, and then you feel the, <coughs> as the ribs start to go, mm. and after a, a second or two, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's after a second or two, are you, are you trying to kill I'm him? No, I'm not trying to kill him. I'm not killing him. As after a second, yeah. he start, his legs start to sway like they're slowing down. And my, my almost desperate cry to him, you know, these, these emotions, they're going from being sad you know, all the sadness is bubbling to the top. Um, yeah. But once it boils over, it's just rage. Pure rage. Unfiltered. I've, I've never felt this before. It's almost like an embarrassment. Yeah. Like, I tried so hard to become this person. The poster boy. The poster boy. Yeah. But just to find out that this was all just a disgusting lie. And I just feel this rage just coming inside of me. It's just bubbling to the top. And it's getting hot in here. It's getting really hot. Like, like actually like it's starting getting, to get warm. It's getting humid. My body is just generating this heat from my rage. And I'm just staring this person in their, their cold eyes. I can slowly see it fading. And I just want to say to him, you know, this, this, this temple of lies, it's, it's no longer. And I'm unbeknownst to me, 
in a scream, I'm unleashing my my breath weapon, <laughs> my, my my fire breath, oh, to no. finish him off and set fire to the temple. I won't even make you roll for it, just because it's so damn good. You watch by the point where you were going on to him about it's a temple of lies. You lied to me. You see, like, you know, when people are like slowly losing oxygen, the eyes do that glaze over thing, like the light's starting to go away. That's the last thing you see as you just, you're, you're unaffected. You got, you're immunified. Resistant. You take it as like, you just concentrate as you, as you shoot. Unbeknownst to you, as the breath finally comes out, as you're like, comes out and it just blisters what's left of Marcus to to atoms. You go back down to the basement. You've, as you said, you've decided I'm going to burn this place down. Mm -hmm. You kick open and knock over all the shelves of the wire and the oils for the torches. You know where everything is. We went, you went through there. Mm. And again, you just, whatever little bit of your breath weapon you can get back out. And I know mechanically it probably doesn't work because there's like rest and stuff, but fuck who cares. The rule of cool, baby. The rule of cool, baby. And you watch as the, the fire start. And as you all leave, is there anything you grab on the way out? Or do you just um, walk away? I I want to go back to Marcus's charred remains. Yeah. And I want to grab the the medallion that he always wore. You know, that... His, the, the symbol, his yeah. The symbol. The symbol of this this place. Yeah, because everyone, everyone in the church has a crest. Obviously, his is like much bigger because mm. he was like the the, re- the pastor, the reverend. More filigree. More filigree. Yeah. I want to take that off his 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 charred corpse. You know, still hot to the touch, obviously. Yeah. You know, I pick it up and kind of just grab it, clench it in my hands, rip it off his just melting corpse. Um, you know, I, I'm going to keep this with me. Yeah. And that's it? And that's it, and I just, and I leave. So you, as you walk out, and you just, do you take one of the horses, or do you just walk? I just, I walk. I walk, I, I, I can't be bothered. What happens next to me? Yeah. I've, I've never had a plan. My, my plan was always eat, sleep, breathe the church, or the yeah. temple. Um, I don't care what happens to me now. I'm just gonna just walk, just walk down the path. Mm. So, as you walk, glancing, giving glances and you walk back, you see as eventually it's like you see the flame from the basement has eventually started to erupt its weakened structures, and you hear it in the distance. As you watch a part of the temple start to lean and slip under the earth. There's no support to the way it's gone. And then in the distance, you start hearing all the, the cries, the screams of people trying to get out. Devil may care. 
after a while. You hear in the distance as the structure comes down. You still see the light in the distance over the cresting hills. But the screaming stops as you just keep walking. Now, you have been on the run ever since. Dragonborn are not a common sight in Vilborn, so you must be discreet at every chance you get. You find yourself walking along a dirt road in a blistering storm, the rain cutting at you from every direction. Your cloak is dangling over you and what's left of your provisions. How long do you think? We'd say maybe three, like two or three years, like we you'd be consistently running, like mm. definitely. So like two to three years. You probably don't even know how long by this point. Yeah. Because you just keep walking. What would he look like now? What's Henrik look like now? Um scarred by this experience um you know it's obviously made him into who he is he's he's definitely older just through life through life through not through age through through life just like stuff's happened to him you know his 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 as he's like because he was he was kind of blossoming into maturity he's he's you know kind of becoming a young mature kind of kind of guy um, my scales are getting more of that shimmery color to them. Mm. Um, but even though I have that, that beautiful color, it's my eyes that are just just a gray, just no color in them anymore. That happiness that was once there, it's not there. It's just... I would even push to say, like, that beautiful brass shine of your scales is probably muted because mm. you're never able to take time to look after yourself. Yeah. So it's like the true beauty of what you should have been was stolen from you, mm-hmm. I would think. Yeah, yeah, so even though they, like now it's just like that, I'm supposed to be, a br- I'm supposed to be brass, you know, yeah. this beautiful colour, but it's just a, a coppery kind of, yeah. kind of tinge. Yeah, it's just matte, it's just a matte copper. Mm. As you're walking, rain pelting you from every direction. It's even hard to see by this point, but you've just got your cloak over your shoulders and everything you've got on you, under the cloak, covering you. Do you have a tail? Is that a question? Do you have a tail? I do have a tail. So your tail, like, coming out from behind you, almost using it as, like, a sense to drag through the dirt to cover your tracks to make it all destroyed. (laughs) Over your left shoulder, from behind you, as you look, um... You can hear a, like a faint jingling of a bell, cutting through the sound of the storm. As you turn to look what's producing the sound, I'd like you to give me a perception check. This one's a really easy DC, but... Uh, perception... 15. 18. What you see is a small flame, just like the one in your dream, ominously glowing and slowly getting brighter as it glides towards you. Within a moment, you see that the flame was not alone. It's in a lantern on a wagon. This wagon is covered in bright purple, reds, yellows, and many other colors that you aren't quite sure what to call. You see pulling the cart is a singular large 
a brown and tanned colored horse with a short stout dwarven male handling the reins. He wears a large overcoat with some heavy set boots and gloves, but he's also wearing the thing that catches your attention is it's a large brim hat that is, its circumference is wide enough that it encompasses his entire body and the rain just drifts off around him. Oh, like he's, he's, My man's got an umbrella hat. Yeah, he, <laughs> umbrella hat. He, he was prepped. Mm. He was like, oh, say, stranger. He barks at you. This rain is pretty hefty. You want to live to the next town over? I'm, I'm heading through anyway. Look, I, I don't have money to give you. Okay, I'm, I'm fine walking. He, and he's like, <laughs> Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm going that way. He's like, just jump in the black cap of snooze. You look like you need it. Although I... I detest this man's chirpiness. I, I know that being out in this rain is just... It's not ideal. It's not <laughs> where I want to be. Yeah. You know, so even though I'm this... You know, ring badass. I'm... I, I will take what is offered to me, but I'm never going to ask for it. So I, I, I get into... Is he he's driving the coach? He's, he's, he's driving the coach with his big fucking hat mm. and the big wagon. The uh, wagon's covered, so... Um, I go to get in, and I'm like, no speaking, please. <laughs> and I go into the wagon. And he's like, and you go, well, whatever you say. And he's like, feel free to rest. Oh, it's a, a while yet before we reach Rosenwood. This is the next town, and with that, he's yeah, whips it, and you go the as it starts to wobble on. As you get into the back of the wagon, make yourself comfortable. There's a warm glow as the lantern casts itself all around. You feel the wagon lurching over the road as it goes, and the horses moving. Um, so that you find there's some like there's some like blankets and stuff that he has laid there. That's probably where he sleeps as well. But if he's if he's driving, he's not going to sleep, so he's off for you to sleep. Um, is there anything you're going to do before you're just going to take the offer and rest it off yeah well it's like I don't give a shit it's like you can mug me if you want to try and fight me I'll fight you okay I'm just going to just just nod my head back so, actually before I nod my head back I yeah. just want to just look around just make see if there's anything I, yeah, give I, I anything that's familiar in this wagon you know give me a reception check uh the 12 nothing familiar like it's just you know little stocks of, like he's got like ropes around to stop the stuff from sliding around mm-hmm. the cart as he moves and there's the cot laid out with like the blankets and stuff and there's some food and, like a little crate and what mm-hmm. have you but you see like from the um from around one of the cans little little black cat kind of like, having a look around has a peek and then sort of huddles back in behind mm-hmm. the jars so you I'll just take your cloak off. You go to lay down and just... I'll keep the cloak on. Keep the cloak on? Keep it on. Just okay. covering me. And then just... Um, not even lying down. Just like kind of like sitting, sitting slumped, resting. Yeah. Yeah. And just like conk out. So... And before sleep catches up to you again, Henrik, slowly your eyelids grow heavy and you slip into the darkness of slumber. And for the first time in a while whether you ask for it or not, you find some rest. As, just as you slowly slip off, the little black cat comes in and just sort of pops out next to you and goes, it's nice of her. A nice kind gesture that you've not felt in a while. 
on your way to Rosen Ward. And that's where we'll end our session. Oh my God. <laughs> that's the oh. longest one yet. Almost of a million hour. It's two hours. That might have to be a two-parter. That'll be a one part. People don't sit through two hour podcasts in one yeah. sitting. Don't be silly. Look, if you can listen to Joe Rogan talk about mushrooms for three hours, okay? <laughs> you can fucking listen to this. Thank you mm. so much for holding time with me while I did that. I'm Thank not going to lie, where I expected you to take that was completely <laughs> off. So I would like, a lot of that was just on a whim. Yeah, yeah. That was, and I'm here for it. It works yeah. so well. I never expected you to go down to the thing first. To go down to the oh, other yeah. section. I thought you would have gone for the book. Honestly. Oh, okay, yeah. But that interaction with Marcus. Oh, man. Which one? The the, the way you were screaming at each other. Yeah. And the way you were like, holding him. I'm like, oh, man, it's giving me chills. Mm. That's crazy. But anyway, um, we'll wrap that up. We'll have um, our little talk back thing uh, coming after this as well. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Um... Anything at all. Games, Jeez. movies, companies you like, anything. Um, first of all, shout out to the DM. Thank you, Cody. Um, this is, for people who don't know, uh, strangers on the internet, uh, traveling folk who are bored and listening to this. Um, this has been Cody's dream for a while, and it's finally happening, and he's literally pulled this all together, so props. It's oh, incredible. Stop it. Um, shout out to, and the name escapes me, the podcasting company uh, metallic thunder <laughs> metallic thunder podcasts um also run by our, by our dm so i uh, definitely look them up um shout out my instagram maki mikovic m-a-k-i-m-i-c-o-v-i-c nice give me a follow send me a message tell me how i went tell me any ideas you have for my character or um if you liked something if you didn't like something i'm honestly i'm so new to this game um but so down to be it's been a minute in it. it's been a minute since so I'm, I'm feedback would be incredible um, um, but that's about it sweet uh, shout out of Dyson Magic there, there we go um, I'm obviously gonna plug the my holy trinity um, at reckless creatures on Instagram all the Dungeons and Dragons merch I love it um, under, at underscore dive the beholder underscore um such a sweetheart has been nothing but supportive um actually in the process of making custom d20s for the players mm. and myself um which is going to be lovely and we're in full sets please go support her work she's incredible and as always sound effects and stuff um at michael gelfie we know the drill he's the man makes the best stuff um other than that we're gonna finish the one here shoot the shit and we'll talk to you guys later bye bye now people